Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com. This is the post-AEW show, post-AEW blood and gut show here at Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, and we are live on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Leave us a thumbs up. Please subscribe. Tap the bell for notifications. Donate a super chat. If you want your question or statement read on the air, we will get to it at the appropriate time. Is there ever an appropriate time to introduce Alex Pawlowski? He does the post-NXT review here on Fightful. But if you want to get some more stuff behind a paywall, if you loathe WWE (laughs) Raw and you want to really take it out, uh, Alex Pawlowski's review is much less forgiving than mine. You can check that out at (laughs) FightfulSelect.com. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's uh, unforgiven is, is that, that was the pay-per-view that unforgivable, this, <laughs> unforgivable. Uh, I'm yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I I'm, I'm really enjoying NXT last night was the first night that I was like super excited to review NXT. And then immediately after that had to review raw and it just made me so depressed by the end of it in the middle of all that. We, we broke a little bit of news, Alex we over fightfulselect.com. Daniel Bryan's contract had expired. Probably one of the biggest stories of the year. Uh, Robert, you've been covering a lot of the fallout of that over the, over the last day or yeah. so. How how you holding up? I'm holding up pretty good because, you see, I cover Raw. You don't get to see my <laughs> reactions, but I'm losing my sanity. And all I can think of is, God, Daniel Bryan should really go somewhere else. And I hope he does. Well, we'll see. We'll see. There was no big debut tonight. I thought that tonight would have been a really good night to to do that. They, lots of 
lots of buzz, but uh, there is somebody else that came back somewhere else. D'Lo Diggs says Dario Cueto is back. That got some buzz for MLW. And uh, Robert, you covered this news cycle an awful lot. This was the perfect time for MLW to drop that, although they're hitting the bricks for a couple months now. They are, and they're going to do a draft, but now we know we've got Azteca Underground. Dario Cueto is El Jefe. Really big news for them. Very exciting, too, because I think Lucha Underground went out when they were still very hot, so they can capture that lightning again. And, uh, I mean, Ivelisse is out there on the market. Alex? <laughs> sure. If there's any place that, that that you'll say, sure, come on in. Uh, MLW, the, Court's the wrestler whisperer, man. A- I, I think he'd do good business with her. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, Dario Cueto and her have, have a history. It's perfect. Um, uh, I'm super excited about it. Um, it's what I love is that it's a, it's a cliffhanger, like the old Lucha Underground seasons, where like they would yes. end with like Dario Cueto's in jail, and then you have to wait until the next season to see what happens. It's perfect. Guys, reminder: get your super chat in. I can't tell you how important that is, but uh, if you guys don't mind, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I'm breaking news over there every single day. Every single day, I have some bit of exclusive news info up there. And uh, I'm doing a Q&A show either tomorrow or Friday as well. So, you know, just just enjoy. But we had Kenny Omega and Nakazawa kicking off this show against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Now, Don Callis says that Nakazawa is going to wrestle this match solo. <laughs> and I just love that he's doing it in his Best Buy uniform. Uh, he's still wrestling. But then Omega makes the attack. Robert, what did you think about this opening match? We knew Nakazawa was going to take the pin. We ain't dumb here. Totally harmless, and I'm more excited that it does seem like, for the time being, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston are moving away from Kenny and strictly towards the Bucks. Alex, how'd you feel about this? Uh, Omega hit the bricks, and Nakazawa took a nasty spot, which I'm, I'm about to criticize in a bit, but... Uh, we did see Nakazawa taking the majority of the lumps here. Yeah, I mean that, that's to be expected. Um, uh, I I did appreciate the old like you know uh, Nakazawa's here by himself. Don't don't anybody think that possibly Kenny Omega might come in and hit you during your entrance? I thought that was that was clever and fine. It's it's they're doing some really good old school heel work uh, with with Kenny Omega and Nakazawa. I mean Nakazawa is a one man J and J security at this point. He's just there to get to take lumps and be a stooge. I mean, every good top of the card heel needs a stooge. And Nakazawa's a great stooge. Let me tell you the way that I enjoy the elite wear these stupid ass hats. Yeah. <laughs> they wear the most dumbass hats I've ever seen. And I think it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. They wear every kind of stupid, stupid, dumb fucking hat in the history of time. And I I I love it. It's so funny. Like they're they're trying real hard to look like ninety five, ninety six click or something like that. It's very funny. They beat up Kingston and Moxley. I mean, I like this because Moxley and Kingston are a threat to the Young Bucks tag titles now, and that's why I keep saying how I love that tag team division so much. It's not a demotion, Alex. Oh no, no, certainly not to work with the Young Bucks. Absolutely not. There's, the thing is that that there are. It's so funny to me that we saw in um, in uh, in the main event in Blood and Guts this 
absolutely top of the card heel faction. And then, but we don't, they're not the top of the card heel faction. Top of the card heel faction's over there with the, with all the belts. But it feels like they're on an equal footing. Like, imagine thinking that anywhere else. Like, it's just such a great thing. There are at least four different top of the cards in AEW, and they somehow make all of that work. It's amazing. Robert, it feels like there are always, like, three or four acts ready. And that's how it should be done. There are a lot of people that are like, oh, well, they're not going to become champions, so so why bother? No, why bother? Because you want to build up credible contenders and make people care. Oh, God forbid we have more than just two or three people at the top. And, you know, one of those is just an obligatory player in a triple threat. You know, God forbid we have a little bit more substance. I love the way AEW does business. It's it's consistently entertaining. I keep using the term cohesive. It's a very cohesive show, and that I appreciate. Uh, we have a a super chat from uh, Ryan B. Jam. He says, Kenny versus OC is going to be match of the year for Cornette. Um, yeah, that it- was right where my mind went to. I mean, oh, my God, there's going to be a Jim Cornette review of a Kenny Omega Orange Cassidy match. And I actually, I was calling for this a few weeks ago. I said he beat Jericho at All In and they did nothing, or All Out and they did nothing with it. Now we get to see him potentially against Kenny, or maybe it's a swerve and we just get a match of the year with Pac. Uh, Yeah, we also had Nurguru saying the post-match Elite Beatdown was perfect for Sammy Callahan to make an appearance. Uh, Was it not? Mox, Eddie, Moose, Sammy, and Paige beat the elite. Well, they ain't beating the elite. That ain't that sure ain't happening. I whatever I had hoped for the impact stuff, it just ain't happening. It just is not happening. It doesn't look like. Yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. They're too comfortable, I think, playing the third wheel, and I don't see that changing ever because it should have happened by now. We're getting a little distortion on your audio, Robert. It's a little loud. I mean, it's not not that bad. Just a little loud. Just a little, little, little loud. Crimson says, WWE poisoned wrestling fans for years with bad creative. But AEW is showing us the light. This was War Games. NXT War Games is just glorified steel cage match. I don't have any problems with how NXT does their War Games without the, the top. It, it allows for their style to, to work in better synergy. Yeah, the, the the old war games, like it was like a seven foot ceiling, so like people were like bumping their heads against it. This thing was really tall, so it was like there was no roof on it to begin with. It's they're different kinds of things. Like NXT War Games is a spot fest; it's crazy. Like people doing absolutely amazing stunts, a part of it, and that happens every time you see NXT War Games. This felt like old dusty roads yeah. war games and there there are bo- there are benefits to both you can like both you can like one and not the other you can like one more than the other your yeah. mileage is going to vary but for me i think that there there are definitely a place for both kinds so yeah. uh kenny omega comes out he talks to tony shivani who reveals that pack and orange cassidy will compete to determine the number one contender at double or nothing this was a shock to me i thought it'd be brian cage for sure and I was kind of like, yeah, okay. Uh, they had Orange Cassidy come out and Hangman trashed him and like treated him like a joke, as he probably should. But I hope there are some some deeper reflections going on in here because there are a lot of people that treat and treated Kenny Omega like a joke. Like I hope he sees a lot of that 
in himself, and that kind of comes out. Uh, now, we could say the same thing that we're going to say about the SCU thing later. It seems like they're jumping the gun on this, but it very well could be a swerve. It could be a swerve, or it could go to a draw. We could get a triple threat here, which we don't see a lot of, and that would be really awesome. That would, um, be, that would be very interesting. I, I will say um, they they telegraphed the SCU thing. Yes. Um, and without getting into that match later, they absolutely telegraphed it. And they're telegraphing this too. There's no reason to have this segment. I liked the segment. Kenny dressing down, Orange Cassidy being completely, as you said, blind to the fact that people said a lot of the same things about him earlier in his career that he was saying to Orange Cassidy. I think that that's a, that it was a good segment. Um, but if you just waited until the week after next, if, if Orange Cassidy faces, faces Pac next week, we don't get this segment, I'm watching the match going, I genuinely don't know who's going to win. And then if Orange Cassidy wins, then you have Omega have this segment with Orange Cassidy he had tonight, the following week, after we already know Orange Cassidy is the winner. Yeah. And, and that makes the whole thing work well. Now I'm watching, after watching this, I go, well, now Pac is, there's no way Pac, Unless it is a swerve, which is yeah. it shouldn't have to be a swerve. You should be able to watch a match not knowing who's going to win. And I don't. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Dante says, let OC and Pat go to a draw and make it a triple threat. I would be completely down with that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Robert, any yeah. thoughts? I think there's something to be said for put the guy who's had seven star matches against the guy who's known for comedy wrestling. It's a good Spot, it's just something I wish they didn't telegraph. Yeah. Jose says predictable isn't necessarily bad. I say that all the time. It's not bad if it's good, like if it makes a lot of sense. Um, Maurice wants to manifest Daniel Bryan showing up at double or nothing. Myron Kid says Impact cares more about getting clout and attention than making money right now. Uh, my friend, I guarantee you that that pay-per-view that they had at Rebellion did better than any pay-per-view they've had in recent memory. I've not seen buzz quite like that in a while, and it was not because our show was in 360 VR that much, I can promise you. But uh, my problem, by the way, Daniel R. says, loved Kenny's promo. Orange versus Pac, who wins? I think Orange Cassidy, based on what we have seen. Based on what we saw tonight, Absolutely. What bothered me was Nakazawa, 45 minutes after he was dropped on his head and beat to a pulp, out there not selling, just out there in general. Like, And I had somebody say, oh, well, well, they taped the first hour. Not within the context of this show. Yeah. I'm aware. I posted it on, on our website that they taped it. I'm, I'm aware of how that happened. But have, have Omega like dragging him out there like, nobody, you're coming to work. You're not missing a day of work. You're in America now. We don't take sick leave here. Like that doesn't happen. Like something like that. It was really just an easy thing to avoid. Or have Cutler do it. Yeah. Brandon Cutler's right there. Have him do it. Yeah, but he's not Kenny's young boy. He he belongs to the Bucks. He can borrow him. Doesn't matter. He'll do what he's told. Bryant Heath says, hope you guys are having amazing nights tonight. We are. It's Wednesday. We're covering wrestling. Yeah. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are very easy nights to cover pro wrestling. Um, Cody Rhodes defeated QT Marshall. I really liked this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was simple. It was a clean finish. Afterwards, Anthony Agogo came out and did ye olden pant shitter punch. Uh, the, the, the PSP, we'll call it, the pant shitter punch. 
Robert, I thought this was a really good showing for QT Marshall. And as you guys have pointed out, QT isn't the guy to worry about. And that's the context of this. Mm-hmm. He's, he's good, but he's not that top level, but he's creating guys that can be top level. And that's the story. It seems like Robert, this was the best possible ending. I'm very glad they didn't drag it out. Have QT win. Maybe he cheats. No, they just have Cody win and you get right to the money, which is Anthony Agogo, their first developmental guy, punching Cody in the abdomen. I don't love this story for Cody, but this was the right move. And, it, you know, I, I don't know what the deal is with, with Cody and the rest of the EVPs or any of the, the other murmurs that you might hear out there on the interwebs. I've been trying to find out, but he has been kept very far away from those stories. Hopefully that doesn't last because quite frankly, there's history there Uh and yeah, there's, there's history there, but I I really like this match, Alex. Um, On this show, we saw about seven people bleed more than Britt Baker bled tonight. Mm. And that is fresh new booking that I didn't expect to see. Um, I I do bet that AEW is kind of like, wish two guys didn't get busted open hard way before that main event, (laughs) but you know what? It happens. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, this was this match surprised me. Uh, I did. I thought it was going to be like um, a, a DQ on behalf of of you know some his boys run in and we'll get this thing again later. Or Cody runs through him. Or this was a much more competitive match than I figured, which is good. But there were some spots where I was like, "This is we're, we're doing this now." Like the four different reversals of the tombstone. Like I did not <laughs> think that was a thing we were going to do. Like I thought. How long is going to go on? Seven, eight, nine? How many are we going to do these of? Like I just, it was, it was, it was just, very funny. It was egregious. But yes. it was like I, I, I thought that was that was funny by the end. Um, and uh, I did not, I did not have uh, Cody uh, uh, kicking out of the crossroads. Like that was a that was a spot I did not think we were going to do. Now the thing I think you're right. The money match eventually is going to be Cody versus a go go. I, I, I need. In a in a in a segment leading up to that match, for Cody to be out there giving a promo, Ogogo comes out and tries to liver punch, but Cody's wearing a bulletproof vest the type thing the and break and he breaks his hand, and now Ogogo can't do the thing that he always does to win matches in the match because his hand is all screwed up. So he's got to find a different way to win. Like that's a cool thing to set yeah. up if you wanted to do it. I like it. It's simple. It's easy. Uh, Andrew Nolly says, "I like the Cody QT match, but hate that Cody or that QT kicked out of the crossroads." I yeah. wish Cody would protect his finish better. I wish a lot of people would protect their finish better. Yeah. But um, we we have seen the expansion of finishing moves in AEW to where people get more than one move over, and I'm cool with that too. Not every Mirko Krokop head kick knocked somebody out. That's what I always try to go back to is that a head kick from anybody else might not knock you out. Mirko Krokop's usually does, but his doesn't always. I believe the term he used was right leg hospital, left leg cemetery. So, you know, pick your poison. Uh, we have uh, a super chat from Evan Wright says the eventual Comoroto Dustin should be good. I don't know if it will be, but I think that Dustin is as good in the ring right now as I've ever seen him, Robert. Yeah, this needs to be a Texas bull rope match. And we need to just let a go-go, uh, not a go-go, a Comoroto just slaughter Dustin, which would be great. And... <laughs> I have a lot of faith in Nick Camarada. I think he's going to do a lot of big things in the future. 
Uh, Nerd Guru says the Agogo finisher, the wake me up before you Agogo. Well, let me yeah. tell you, that finish will make you Agogo in your pants. Uh, I'm telling you, man, one of those. Houdini died, my friend. He died for these sins. Daniel R says, would love to see Swerve, uh, a Swerve and Kenny help Orange win. I, you know what? That'd be kind of interesting where Kenny thinks that's the easy way out. One of my, one of my, fondly remembered spots was like ahead of wrestlemania 13 and it was i i can't i can't remember what i think it was brett and undertaker or brett and sid for the title in a cage and each person's respective wrestlemania opponents were trying to help them win so they could get a title shot Mm -hmm. at wrestlemania and i was like that that made so much sense to do yeah Made an awful lot of sense for Britt Baker to dominate this match very quickly. I don't think there's anybody in pro wrestling that finds the red light better than Britt Baker. At least once per dynamite match, it's like, well, that could be on a shirt. That could be on a shirt. That could be on a shirt. And you best believe she's probably ringing up global shop AEW and saying, that should be on a shirt. That should be on a shirt. Let's go ahead and sell those. This was simple. It was easy. They announced Sheeta versus Britt Baker at Double or Nothing. And one of the reports I got from the crowd in that first hour, the biggest pop went to the announcement of that match, Alex. Yeah. It's mm. time. It's, oh, it's time. Beyond time. Du- As old fella said here earlier, predictable isn't bad if it's good. Time to give her the title. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She, Sheeta can go out like a warrior. Like, mm-hmm. it, it should take everything Britt Baker has to beat Sheeta. But then Britt Baker needs to have that title. You can you can figure out a, everything revolves around that. There's so many cool things you can do with her as champion. Uh, she's, she's by far the biggest star they've got in that division. Like, let's make it happen. And the thing is, because she's the biggest star in that division, she doesn't have to hold the title for a year. She can hold it for a while, drop it to the right person, and still maintain her star power. Yeah. And also the person who beats her gets a huge rub. There's a lot of great stuff you can do, but they have held off on giving her that belt for far too long. Dante yeah. V says, Dante V says, Tony, it's time. Give Britt the belt. Robert, do you agree? Give her, give her the belt. She should have had the belt almost a year ago, but... My God, it's time. And it's going to be in front of a full capacity crowd at Daly's Place. Regardless of what we may think about that, they're going to go nuts for Britt Baker. I mean, they tell me that media scrums are happening there. My ass is getting on a flight to Jacksonville, and I'll be there. I'm fully vaxxed. I'm ready to go. We open mouth kissing everybody out here. That's what we came to do. Um, this, This was a perfect squash. Just get in, get out, have her whip ass. And the thing that I like about specifically AEW and the way that a lot of their heels work, they're not afraid of the baby face. She ain't afraid of Hikaru Shida. She's going after Hikaru Shida because she's a badass. And we've proven that we're past the point of she's the pampered Gucci belt wearing like chosen one. She is a Gucci belt wearing chosen one, but she's really freaking tough too. As we've seen, and there's no way to ignore that. Evan Wright says, so happy for Sheeta to get her title match in front of a sold-out crowd. Me too, because she deserves it, because every time that she goes out there, she does uh, things to the best that she can. 
And Kinshiro says, Shida, I want to defend in front of full capacity crowds. And then a single finger on the monkey's paw curls down. Oh, man. Chris Reigns says, definitely time for Britt to be champ. Long may she reign. I think she's, I think we're going to get almost like Charlotte esque stuff. Like she's going to be a person that they can always go to. Always go to. Yeah. And she is one of the earliest indications that when things aren't working for an AEW talent, they will switch and they will see if it works. And if it does, good. If not, they can just go back. But um, this was really, really good. Um, the announcement was amazing. Uh, the, the squash match was great. Nerd Guru says, I still don't get why Britt lost to Rosa. I am big on wins and losses mattering. But Robert, I think that within the context of what they did, they made yeah. it fit Britt Baker as perfectly as possible. So it doesn't actually count. So that that's the main thing for them. And I think January 2nd, 3rd, whenever the first Dynamite is, wouldn't be surprised to see Thunder Rosa take that belt off Britt Baker. Yep, yep. Oh, let me tell you guys about one of my favorite things on this show. Whatever happened in this segment with Ethan Page, Scorpio oh, Sky, so Darby Allen. So I was told this had a little bit of time cut from it, but I think that with the torrid pace, this worked perfectly. Great. It was great. So Scorpio Sky's promo was targeted towards Sting. It was a little cheesy. I was like, ah, okay. Ethan Page's, oh my God, the line that he put out there. He's like, I'm not going to talk about a bunch of matches that nobody watched. But I'm going to talk about the dent I left in your forehead and the piece of metal that's in your elbow. Those are from me. T-L-D-R. <laughs> oh, my. That was – he summed it up. Like, yeah. they had a bitter rivalry. I did watch those matches. We covered all that flow slam shit. Yeah. We did that. Uh, we were covering so much stuff back then. The indies were at, like, a real peak here. And let's just talk about the words that were spoken first, Robert. Like, I thought the promo work here was pretty good. And then, of course, Darby interrupted him. But let's talk about the words spoken. As somebody who did not see those matches, I thought it was very good that he just skipped to the end. This, The words were great. Scorpio saying, hey, Steve, you've overstayed your welcome. It's a little too inside baseball, but it works here because they're tired of having their spots taken. They are very good together. I was not expecting this pairing to work this well. Alex, I enjoyed this backstage fight nearly rain Strowman levels <laughs> because there were there were things that made me go, oh, there were things that made me go, oh, and there were things that made me go, oh. <laughs> As, this is the thing is that because we know who Darby is, right? Yes. Because we have that context in our brains. Like, I was like, of course he scales halfway up that, that scaffolding to do a coffin drop. Like, it, he he went up halfway, he went up that thing, like, eight feet high in about two seconds. Yes, and this did. dropped on page like it was nothing. And then Scorpio Sky, who had been thrown into the trash cans, you see him, what like, <laughs> what brilliant camera work. You see him from 20 yards away pick one up and just run at the guy. That's great, but as soon as they tossed him 
right at the top of the steps, I was like, oh, no, Darby, honey, no, it's okay. You don't have to kill yourself for us. We love you already. Your emo face paint daddy loves you. We love you. You don't have to kill yourself for us. And he's like, no, 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 please throw me down these, this flight of stairs because that's how, I, that's, that's how I live. That's how I know I'm alive because I get thrown down flights of steps. Darby Allen, you're crazy, man. Oh, jeez. So they went to the spiked boot, but the funniest thing that I saw tonight was Scorpio Sky darting towards Darby Allen with a trash can over his head. That is GIF forever material, Robert. I need that sent to me on Twitter. You can see it up there. That was hilarious. As was Darby just flying into the picture and throwing his body like a lawn dart. He is Jeff Hardy in 2001, but they know they have a star in their hands and they're going to get the mileage out of it. So I thought they followed this up perfectly, but let's get to these super chats. Josh says, so we're getting Darby Sting, Paige Sky at Double or Nothing. I hope it's cinematic. I hope like like Tony Khan has talked about those intermissions in which Jeremy Lambert may have convinced him not to do. I always thought that WWE, AEW intermissions should be a cinematic match. Just do a cinematic match. Yeah. Run a countdown. It's taped. We know how long it's going to last. Let people take their shits, get their sodi pops <laughs> and their popcorn. Get them back in. No problem. Uh, but <laughs> Vibrator says Ethan Page came off like a boss. He really did. That delivery really was really good. Really good. He's a guy who has been waiting for this platform for a very long time. I know that to be true. And Evan said, jumped out of my seat at Darby flying at Ethan. The whole thing was just like. Really good. It reminded me of like. <laughs> Like you watch uncut gems and it's like thing after thing, after thing, after thing, after thing, after thing. And then when you think it's over pop, Oh, that just happened. Okay. That's wild. Uh, that's, I thought it was really, really good. And no, I'm not saying this was the uncut gems of uh, backstage wrestling segments, but it was very, very good. Nerd Guru says Darby and Shotzi, you need to be a hardcore team. Not anytime soon, buddy. I wish that would be a lot of fun. And Shanika says, just got home from dailies, exhausted. What a show. Uh, Shanika, please let us know, like, what, what did you think of watching the first hour on the screens? I had uh, a lot of people there telling me that, like, the mood was really good, that they would splice some things in and out. Uh, but very, very interested to see that. But the way they followed this up, guys, Miro comes out. And the promo, eh, whatever. It was, it, you could do better. But, in fact, I'm pretty sure he said stuff he wasn't supposed to say in that. Uh, but the the deal is, Darby Allen next week, after he just got thrown down con- honest concrete stairs, not blood and guts concrete, yeah. uh, he's got to defend the TNT title next week against Miro. And if he doesn't show up, he's got to vacate the title. Well, we know, or or he's got to forfeit the title. We know he's showing up, Alex, but... Yeah. This is just ready-made. Again, predictable isn't bad if it's good. We know Miro is going to kill him. Right. Miro is going to kill him. The thing is, is that it seems from one segment, right? This is what I talk about. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Because from one segment, you believe Paige has taken that title off of Darby. And then you get Miro come out. And you you may not like like the promo. Like, a lot of it was, was seemed jumbled. But the one thing that I got crystal clear is he says, we were going to find out what happens when the man who doesn't mind dying meets the man who doesn't mind killing him. And I was like, that's one of the greatest lines from any promo I've ever heard. And so to me, I'm like, well, of course, 
Miro's going to murder him next week and take the title, but Ethan Page is going to take the title. Both guys can't take the title. That's great. Now I have no idea how this Miro match versus Darby is going to shake out next week, and that is going to make me tune in. Even if I wasn't being paid to watch it, I would (laughs) never miss that match now. Josh Cardenas says next week the Miro era begins. Robert, you can answer this. He said, Carlos asks, what do you think the chances of Miro winning the belt next week is? He's been built up as a monster of late. About 95%. This poor man had his wife cheat on him on live television, and now it's coming full circle. Now he's going to murder a person because he he's had a hell of a year and a half, and now it's coming. And what I love is that he worked that into his story. He worked that into Kip Sabian, who yeah. we reported on Fightful, legit injury. He is out. Uh, he had been out for a while. He's like, you don't bring your lady to ringside, buddy, and now you're going to learn because I learned the hard way. I just I thought that was just yeah. – Miro is the guy, is a perfect amalgamation of the guy that we've seen. The character that can be a brutal, savage son of a bitch – and the charming guy where he's like, I forgive you. It's okay. The charming guy that it's like, I'd like to be friends with him. I want to play some video games with him. Just not when he's mad. I don't want to play video games with him because that would suck. No wreck fest when you're mad, Miro. Let's not play that. Uh, this is, and I'm with you on the 95% thing. I'm ready. It's happened. And he's never been pinned in AEW, I don't think. So, who boy. Who boy. Uh, four-way tag team eliminator match. Ricardo Holt said Brian Pillman Jr. wearing a tiger stripe like his dad did. Love it. I love it. I mean, I posted a picture a while back of me beating up a Ted DiBiase wrestling buddy. It actually got me kicked off Facebook for a month. (laughs) But I was wearing my Bengals jersey that I got for Christmas that morning because I remember seeing flying Brian Pillman, Cincinnati guy, wearing the Bengals tights. Like, I love that. Uh, BFG 301 says Max Caster versus John Cena rap battle. Who wins? Uh, I'm, I'm going Cena legitimately because yeah. if you, I've heard the song untouchables and sorry, Max Caster, I'll do respect. Not, not yet, not yet, but I did like the dark side of the ring line. And Dante V says Max Caster won the match before it started. That's good oh, stuff, Robert. It was, that was really good. It, 10 years. You'll be on dark side of the ring. He called them the young cucks, which is just, that, that's rough, but hey, it's a little hanging fruit, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's sometimes that low hanging fruit. Hanging, it was on the ground, man. You know what? It's still ripe. You, you scrape it off on your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. It's still good. Yeah. It's still good. Uh, this match, it was fine. It was fine. Um, every single time I hear Jungle Boy's music hit, I think, ah, oh, that was a good investment. Yep. That was a good one. Yeah. I had never heard that song before this. And the, the moment that I looked it up, I was like, oh, yeah, that one's going to it's gonna be a hit. I think that one's going to do pretty well. Uh, we get a John Moxley, Yuji Nagata promo for the match next week. Buddy, I grew up watching Yuji Nagata on Saturday night, and I am all for this. I love it. Uh, just so happy with it. What are we expecting here? Any Anything in particular? Uh, I mean, I don't think Yuji Nagata is winning this match. Although I don't think that Mox would have any problems putting over Yuji Nagata. They have yeah. a direct line to Bischoff, which means they've got a direct line to Sonny Ono, which means I want to see it, and I think it happens. Uh, whether or not Nagata wins, I don't think so. Alex, any thoughts? 
Yeah, I don't think Nagata wins, but I, I'm, I'm. Hey, Moxley sold me a ticket, man. He's like, I'm going to kill this old man in this ring because, like, when is the? Ne-? He's like, makes me think. When's the? When's the time he's finally going to knock it back up again? Well, maybe I'm going to do it. Like, Bob Moxley is the biggest badass on the planet when he when he cuts these promos, man. It's so crazy to me to watch him now, and like, this is this is peak John Moxley. And yes. the idea that, like, oh, let's have him push a hot dog cart out there. And I know not to, not to like, belabor old points, but th- this guy existed within that person for forever. And we're finally getting to see it now. <laughs> How lucky are we? Ah, oh, it's so great. Evan Wright says that that Mox Nagata video gave him chills. Well, so good. you know what, fellas? Maybe you're a little over the hill. Maybe you're past your prime. Or maybe you're just thinking that in your head. Maybe you're in your own head. You're worried about it. You're like, oh my gosh, will I be able to make this championship performance? And you can when you use bluechew.com code fightful. Oh God. Code <laughs> fightful. Bluechew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but right. in a chewable form at a fraction of the cost. Their tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. And it's an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Let's be real. You don't want to be hanging out. Listen, Robert, if you're not going to get into it, I'll just take over. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Well, or, I was going to make a line about Nagata wearing blue, but I was going to let you finish. Better yet. <laughs> You you don't want to be going to the doctor's office if you can avoid it right now. I mean, people are people are getting scheduled for all their other stuff. Plus, you don't want to be there in that jam-packed doctor's office where somebody goes, Hey, got that stuff for you, dick! Got that stuff for your penis, man! You need that confidence? You're in luck! No, it comes straight to your door. That way you can come in whatever... Anyway... Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescriptions in days. It is all done online. Their licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. It's a chewable. If you don't like swallowing pills, you're all good. Made and shipped in the USA, prepared and shipped direct, cheaper than a pharmacy, cuts out the middleman. How much does it cut out the middleman? How about three? They will give you your first shipment free. Use that promo code FIGHTFUL. All you got to do is pay $5 at shipping. Got to pay the mailman. If you want to give your special delivery, you got to pay for that, that, that mailman to give you a special delivery. And like I've said time and time again, maybe you're into your mailman and, and, and you, you tell your mailman, hey, you know what? I got that blue chew. And he'll, he'll go, what? You got blue chew? I didn't know. And you'll say, yeah, it came in a discreet package. And he's like, buddy, there ain't nothing discreet about that package. Let's get this thing going. Let's get this thing rocking. Bluechew.com, code fightful. Have an extramarital relationship with your mailman. Consensually, of course. You're writing <sighs> porn storylines now, Sean? I mean, man, I'm running out of ideas, buddy. We we are about two weeks away from me doing on a pole matches for these for these blue chew reads. It is I, it is get it's been three years. They are our most loyal sponsor. <laughs> Bless them. When we get there, I'll do my terrible Russo. We can we can work with that. 
Guys, please leave a thumbs up on this video. Get your super chats in. We have so, so many about this. Uh, Tingu Ray says they love the finish of Blood and Guts and overall amazing show. Balear Lasagna saying some people are calling it underwhelming. Do you think too many fans set impossible expectations? Sound like they wanted an actual murder. If they had watched traditional board games matches, I think the finish was very in tune with that. The final spot, I do think they could have done some quality assurance on that spot. We're going to get to it. Jonathan Grindstaff says that bloody MJF will haunt him. Let's go ahead and talk about this match. Uh, the blood and gut structure, I thought, looked like a million bucks, Robert. I thought it looked really, really great. It was very clear that platform was there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, ending spot aside, this is as good of a War Games match as you could ever see. I didn't love the commercials, but you're on yep. free TV. What are you going to do? Uh, yep. Great faction warfare. Almost completely downplayed by the last three minutes of it, and I did not like that at all. But MJF and the Pinnacle deserve a medal for wearing white when they knew they were going to bleed buckets, and I appreciate them. And Maxwell, you're a beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> um, so using Sammy at the beginning was great. I, I almost thought that Sammy was going to take a crazy spot here. I don't have a problem with the botches, with the slips, anything like that. Fights are messy, and yeah. fights with 10 people are even messier. So you're not going to hear me criticize anything like that. There was a lot of brutal, physical work here. D'Lo Diggs says, got some reserves on blood and guts, because I'm used to the rule of if you uh, forfeit the match for your team, or you forfeit the match if you leave the cage. Other than that, it was a good match. The second commercial break ruined it for me. The commercial breaks, Alex. After two, I was like, you know what? It's a TV match. But when you got to like three, I was like, geez, man, they, they should have loaded it, up, loaded it up or worked on a presenting sponsor or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They needed to do like a like a thing where it was like, we're going to shrink it down to a smaller size and just run your stuff, only your stuff. So pay us to like, you have the whole final hour of AEW. We're going to run your stuff only. We're going to pump like brought to you by this thing because i'll tell you i need to see this match without the commercials like a fight tv because that apparently on fight there were no commercials yes that was that was a super chat that got sent in um by the way like the volob said u.s viewers international viewers had a really different experience with blood and guts ending was a bit flat but safety is paramount yeah in, in regards to the commercials like yeah. I, I need to see a cut of this match without the commercials because they ruined a lot of it for me. Like the the biggest part of the match where Tully gets the the key and MJF climbs yeah. out of them that that happened during a picture in picture. Like you can't do that part during a picture in picture, guys. You got to time that better. Wardlow entering the cage and facing off with mm-hmm. the entire inner circle happened during a picture in picture. If I you're was... gonna do a picture in picture, you got to pick the right times for it, and they were wrong. One of the commercials went from picture in picture for me, at least, to a full screen. I saw none of the match for at least a minute. That that really hurt it for me, and I, I want to love the match. But those commercials really took me out of it. Unfortunately, we have we have a lot of we have a lot of people talking about the commercials. Uh, Tay Boogie said the pacing was slow. Never saw OG War Games match, so I thought it was going to be like NXT, and it fell flat for me. 
But after more info, my opinion of the match improved for me. Yeah, this was more of an ode to WCW style or actually NWA style war games is what this was. Uh, Carlos Easy said that he loved the match, delivered the violence they promised, underwhelmed by the end, and obviously they were done dirty by the camera angle with the fall, but overall was super fun and as good as I hope. I don't think they were done dirty by the camera view. We'll talk about it. But King Juni said there were no commercials for overseas viewers. So obviously there is a version of that out there. Somewhere out there, yeah. yeah. And Boris is saying the big heel of blood and guts is the American TV structure, which (laughs) could have been limited commercials. Also, Darby will die next week. Robert, there was a lot to like about this, though. Sammy was flying all over the place. There was the spot. I can't remember if it was Santana or Ortiz that fell between the ring. That was so cool. There were a lot of good spots. It was simple, effective violence that really exemplified this feud. God bless Dax Harwood. Starting the match a la Arn Anderson and bleeding by the first guy in. Again, a la (laughs) Arn Anderson. So much love made towards the NWA and just that whole structure of war games. I really enjoyed the coast to coast. It's nice Mm. to see somebody other than Shane McMahon do that. (laughs) And they... The matching gear, Sean Spears bringing in a chair and then being minimal with the weapons, even though they could have brought in whatever they wanted. I really appreciated that. I Again, I want to see that commercial-free version because I'm sure it's a five-star match, but those commercials did kill it. However, hats off to all of them for doing their jobs and yes. really making this feel like an NWA War Games match. Oh, it was great. Like I, When I thought about this match, I was like, man, this is like a candy store for ftr yes this this is what they they dream of like it's a playground for them uh nerd guru or actually yeah we've got nerd guru saying obviously safety and all that stuff but i mean the same show a guy got thrown down concrete stairs it was different from war games so that's good that's a very very good point uh and kim chi says guys i worked at fox and advertising these things are contracted before the year in bulk tnt Mm. probably had no options much love I cannot pronounce that. Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan. yeah. Kyrgyzstan, there yeah, we go. There um, they they have been able to do commercial-free spots and presenting sponsors. Uh, th- that's something that can usually be worked out. But I got to say, when MJF came in, how much the crowd wanted to like to dislike him. They want to hate him. And AEW fans are smart. They're in on it. Most of these people enjoy watching him work, but they know, man, if I want to keep watching him work like this, I'm going to boo him and I'm going to yeah. hate him. Yeah. I think that that's such a, a big difference in booking something like that and where your fans are kind of in on it and you treat your fans like they're smart versus booking in spite of fans and booking for heat and relying on people who have the heat of, I don't really want to see them, so I definitely don't want them to win. Should I watch this? Eh, maybe. MJF doesn't have that. You want to watch him compete, you want to watch him perform, and then you want to boo him because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. According to Tony Schiavone, live on air. Yes! Like, like, Schiavone, wow! Like, it's just so funny how much he despises MJF. Like, what he was, he hit, um, uh, they took the, the turnbuckle off of one of the things, and then Jericho got a hold of it and whacked uh, MJF in the forehead with it. And then Tony Schiavone says, no, Jericho, you need to gouge him with it. Gouge him. Take out his eye. I'm like, Schiavone, 
Jeez. The, the thing that was funniest to me about the whole beginning of the match was, I love it. The heels coming out in all white. Just is just just great. And then the baby face is coming out in these prison jumpsuits, like, look at us, we're hard. I'm so like, guys, you're just trying so hard to be badasses. You can you can tone it down a little bit. You notice or Ortiz and Santana, the guy who's the guys whose actual gimmick is we are ex-cons, like folded yeah. down the jumpsuits because we don't want to like that's kind of a weird thing to do, guys. Okay, we're uh, good. Yeah. when my wife was watching this with me, she was like, Why are they dressed like janitors? <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> oh man no uh evan wright says love they took the the ropes apart because why not they exposed yeah. their they exposed their wood and if you're exposing yeah. your wood make sure you're confident yeah. in it Bleach there you go um, good fightful anakin says where do you rank this among modern war games for me it's number three behind first women's in 2017 it, it's hard for me i, I don't so rank, i can't rank stuff like that i it's hard for me to with as much wet wrestling as we watch every week Kind this is a different is, animal from the modern war games. It's completely hard to compare it. It's it's NXT's war games is a completely different kind of thing to me. Uh, for one, they're not they're not doing like um, ten like ten um, uh, guys at once. Like at one point, it was like three on three on three. They do yeah. a lot of stuff. It's not it's not submitted surrender, is it? On the NXT one, no, I've seen pinfalls no. win those things. So they're a different thing. If if they do this once a year. In five years, you can look back and rate the the five AEW ones, but like it's really hard for me to do that with comparing this to NXT. And and I don't like submit or surrender. I've never liked it. Mm. It, it paints you into a corner. Um, but I, I would love to see them do an elimination one eventually. Uh, I know that's a lot of people that got to get pinned, but I think it could be a lot of fun too. Seamus Dunn says, "Sammy, the star of the show, amazing ring to ring cutter and Spanish fly." Who boy, Sean Spears going with him on that one was smooth. Yes, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, Sean says, was their live great match. Hager probably got his biggest pop when he first faced off with Wardlow. People been waiting for it. They even had a match. Yep. And I mean, they were popping, hanging from the rafters like this is Tamina versus Nia. <laughs> <laughs> like I was ready for it. Matt Stanford says, fought fa- fightful right at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, and wanted to thank you for the great content. Did anyone hit a finish besides submissions for Jericho MJF and a C4 for Spears? thought that was a nice touch. I didn't even did notice. That. I like that. I mean, that's that's good stuff. And Matt, thank you very much for the kind words. We appreciate you. Um, th- this was a big year for Fightful. I don't know if it was a product of the pandemic and people having uh, more time, unfortunately, and then spending it with us and liking us, but we're just glad to have you in general. Uh, Evan Wright says, "Hope they taped a Phoenix match with the two rings." Me set up. too. That would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Like again, if this is a if this is a thing where AEW does does these like annually or maybe biannually, you got to get Phoenix in one of these because I got to see what he can do bouncing from you know, over two rings. I like that they had the matches there, but I, I wish they would have used that um, a little bit more. Uh, Zach Amon says you can only do these blood and gut matches or it becomes a novelty. Yeah, they're they're starting slow on the the gimmick matches. Uh, Ricardo Holt says Jericho clearly bladed. I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But he also says blood and guts ruled. <laughs> so let's talk about the finish. MJF, Jericho scale the cage, and MJF is very much like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw him off. And Sammy's like, no, we submit or we surrender. Or we submit. I hated it. I don't, I'm not crazy about that finish. 
I'm super crazy about those MJF shots they got on top of the cage right. uh, because this match had some really bad production at times. Like I was trying to see who was cut on the face-off and it was like camera cut, camera cut, camera cut, camera cut. It was WWE light, but then when they got on top of the cage, they were on top of their game with those shots. Yep. Bloody MJF is one of those shots that's going to live for a long time. And it, it was enough to almost make me just like not care about the finish. And then the what I thought was a lame-looking landing. And I'm all for safety. Like It doesn't have to be this or Matt Hardy busting his head on concrete. There can be a happy medium. They can test this stuff. They can do quality assurance. They can make sure that this looked okay and looked good. Because it was very clear there was the crash pad there. And I mean, I don't know a way around that. But uh, Robert, that's not my job to figure out. That's their job I, to figure out. Don't do the spot. Do something else. There's many other ways you can put Chris Jericho in peril if the goal is have Sammy surrender for the team. Don't do the spot. That's what I would have done. Maybe have him close the door on his head, a la uh, Ric Flair 97. I know that's what they're going for anyway. There's just so much more you could have done here. And it looked a lot more tame than some of the falls we saw Darby Allen take tonight. So if Jericho's out for a month or so, it's going to feel weird. I think if there's a lesson to be learned from Helena Cell, don't peak early with your yeah. spot because for 22 years, 23 years, every time there's a hell in a cell and people go outside, people are like, oh my God, they're on top. Oh, they're going down. Well, they, they threw a spot here and I don't think they peaked because of the, the way that this ended uh, with the, the pad and the diamond plates very clearly. It just didn't look good. Um, Chris Rain says, I wish they would have done a different camera angle. Jesse Soto with the super chat of the day. Did Kenny lay the concrete and was it paid for by impact? <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. Rob Reed says, a shame how bad the padding and diamond plating look, but I'd rather have Jericho be safe than go full on Mick Foley. Me too. Um, a few years ago, WWE changed the elimination chamber structure. It became much more wrestler friendly. And I was all oh for it. Yeah. You don't need them falling on steel grates. You don't need them barely fitting on the pods to where the first night Rob Van Dam crushed Triple H's throat in the middle of Triple H's biggest push of his entire life. Um, you don't need that. It's much more wrestler friendly. But as Robert said, Alex, you don't got to do this spot. And Zach Barber says, didn't mind the finish, but they got to get better at disguising crash pads. Also, don't add a whole extra set piece that's never been there. Yeah, it was pretty transparent there. Yes, um, there's there's a lot that I that I that I thought about the finish. The idea behind the finish, loved it. The idea of you bet you better you better you better quit you better surrender or I'm going to kill your friend here, Jericho. Right, um, and they do. That's. That, and then, and then throwing him off anyway is that's also great. The problem is, a it they took way too long um, to to do the setup. Like, like, should I do it? Looking around the crowd and everything, like you should like just dangle him out there, hold him out there. I'm gonna do it, Sammy. Sammy has to do it. That that makes sense. But you don't then wait 45 seconds before you throw him off anyway. As soon as Sammy does it, you go, thanks, Sammy. And then you do it right there. Don't give us a chance to wonder if you're going to do it or not. You do it. And then the production of it 
was all wrong. Like you can't shoot that angle if the you've got to test it at least to see if those diamond plates are obviously made of cardboard. You can't show that on television because it makes the whole thing not work. Yes. Like they had a great idea for the storytelling of like this is this is Scar killing Mufasa. It's a classic it's a classic part of like long live the king. Like this is a classic storytelling device. But you have to make sure that the storytelling device isn't ruined by the practical nature of how you're going to do the stunt because it just didn't work. Also, Anakin says if Sammy stopped MJF just in time, I think it would have gone over better. It felt less panicked. I think he should have stopped him and then he should have done it to Sammy and Sammy could have taken a clean bump on something less obvious. Robert, what were you saying? Yeah, like that's another thing. These guys climbed the cage pretty quickly. There's eight other guys here that just sort of stopped. Why didn't they try to get up there and save Jericho? Something felt off about this. I understand what they were doing. This was the whole build, Mm -hmm. MJF and Jericho. But this felt like it was a mistake. And Long Live the King was almost the lead line in the article I wrote about this because that's (laughs) a great scene. This just didn't live up to that. Yeah, and all things considered, I mean, I, I I enjoyed the match. I think it did an awful lot for the pinnacle as well. Uh, Jorge says, does RVD not get credit for the Van Terminator? Yeah, but, I mean, he doesn't do it anymore and hasn't yeah, for yeah. a long time. Yeah, and he's the same age as Shane McMahon who is doing it whenever <laughs> he can. Yeah. New Punk Rant says, it, this rekindled the feeling I had for WCW as a kid. I feel like a kid again, and my mental health needed it. RIP Darby Allen next week, though. Um, now, there... There's also some recommendations from Mike Shea, who says they just had to have the cra- the pad a couple feet below the stage rather than at the surface. So if he falls through, it would have looked great. Now, I don't know the configuration, but yes, it should have happened like that. Like elevate the stage, do something to where it's not obvious. And Phil says, MJF is supposed to be the heel that doesn't give you what you want. Get the win, climb down, heat and buzz. No, you're not supposed to want Jericho to go off. You're You're a savage asshole phil felice all due respect thank you for the super chat <laughs> sexy peasant says jericho helix <laughs> mattress promo code fightful he's gonna need one after that bump yeah 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 uh heron says if sammy was on top of the cage and mjf is holding jericho nearly falling off i think the ending would have worked wet better but overall great match yeah having something where like jericho is maybe dangling if it was a higher thing and then the pad right below i think would have looked a lot better than than the way it went zach amon says nobody criticized shane man's pillow landing against taker at mania I thank you pillows. thank I, I, you I, for the super chat bud but you comparing shane mcmahon flying off of a hell in a cell structure one of the largest of all time into a a much smaller target with a crash pad, a much smaller one underneath that. Who boy, that is a really bad comparison. Not the same. Josh says, where do all these guys go after this match? Where do they go, Alex? What are you thinking? Well, um, I, I think this is great because you, we have now, what, three more episodes of Dynamite to get everything all heated up again. Why just give give me an FTR versus uh Proud and Powerful or Tortilla versus FTR? Like that thing is right there for you. You could easily break up and not have Jericho because unfortunately, after that, he needs to sell this 
but he does need to sell that. Does that make sense? He needs yes. to sell being thrown off the, off the cage, but he shouldn't sell being thrown off the cage onto a mattress. It's a tough one. But I think you can pair off a lot of these guys. Give me give me Wardlow uh, versus Hager. Give me like all these things you can still do. The, this is not the end for these two teams. And eventually you're going to get their, ver- their version of the big blow off is MJF versus Jericho one-on-one. So we'll get that eventually. But I but right now you can pair these guys off and have individual matches over the next few weeks. Uh Robert, do you think that we're we're not gonna see Jericho for a few weeks, or do you think they're gonna see the reaction to this and be like probably have him back next week? Maybe with the reaction, because they are very good about that. He yeah. botched the lion's salt and the next week he was there doing it with a smile on his face. Look, so I they- mean he specifically does this a lot. I mean, NBA Twitter roasted him for being out of shape. The man went and lost a bunch of weight. Uh, the lion saw, look at the reaction to his promo a couple of weeks ago and the one that he fired back with last week. He specifically is very particular about this, Robert. He could show up next week and say, look, it was a terrible fall, but I've had a lot worse, you know, just yeah. kind of shrug it off. I think we get Sammy MJF at Dull or Nothing. I think Sean Spears goes into the casino whatever and wins it because he should be next in line for a title match. And then maybe Wardlow Hager again. Yeah. Stellar Justin Lopez says, AEW really need to hire a top tier professional to run production, preferably someone that's worked for WWE. No, I don't want anybody that's worked for WWE. I don't want anybody that's been indoctrinated by their trash bag, dog shit production, thinking that zooms and cuts and all that stuff. And all that is the the way to go. I, I think he's talking about the practical nature like the, oh the, yeah, like, like like the camera stuff. No, get that away from here. Yeah, but they always have like their props are always solid. Yes, they're, they're, the way they've set up everything, they would never have. I mean, honestly, they would never have allowed what happened tonight never. to have happened. They would never when, have allowed the the little fire the firecrackers to go off in that big match. They would never have allowed that to happen. It would not have happened because they they protect the camera views in that regard. Yeah, when Kofi or Riddle or somebody is flying over the barricade at the the thunderdome there's a pad back there and you can't see it yep. and if they got a good enough shot of it they'll run it yeah uh zach barber says i will say the commentators sold the hell out of the bump and that helped they got a lot of good commentators so that, that's pretty good we still got a bunch of super chats uh august 3 says i hope everyone enjoyed blood and guts commercials featuring qt marshall's ass <laughs> i know at least one fan of the audience love to see that bootay mike proventure too says uh, inner circle surrendered based on the threat from MJF. They didn't know how bad it would be. That's a good point. They thought it was going to be way worse. And I hope Jericho says that. I hope he's like, I've had worse. You all shouldn't have done that, but I appreciate the concern. Well, certainly them. nobody in the match watches this show, so it's not like they can pick up anything from it. Yeah. Um, yes. Zach Amon says, speaking of which, off topic, seeing the announcement early on of who will face Kenny at double or nothing while seeing Daniel Bryan's contract was bad timing. Maybe, maybe, I guess, perhaps. Um, Nerd Guru, you're going to have to send this super chat again, bud. Uh, but Phil Felice says, or actually, that's a different one. Uh, Vibrator says, Pinnacle looked weak in this match, in my opinion. Watch with a non-wrestling fan, and they were bored by how much the good guys were beating up the bad guys. Well, this is kind of the match for that, though. I mean, yeah. they are the bad guys. They got to get their come up in somehow. Right. Well, the, the, I think during that structure where it was like 
all the all the bad guys were getting they're taking turns getting their asses kicked. Um during that during that structure during that point, I was like, well, to me, this kind of signals that we're gonna get a, a, a breakout and do something else, and we're gonna get probably the, the heels winning this. Um, it's just the way that was laid out. A lot of it to me was like so much of the great stuff. Um, it got broken up by those commercials for me. So I was like, I kept getting, getting like taken out of the momentum of the storytelling they were doing. Um, but I, I think that the thing to me that is, that is, um, that truly is the best part of the storytelling of this is MJF on top of that cage, having just in his mind murdered the King to become the King standing there with, with the, with the, with the blood dread, with a crimson mask. Like it's it's a perfect beginning of his next chapter going forward because MJF is like he's the guy. Like it's so funny to say that because you got all these guys carrying carrying gold and he's not right now, but he's the guy going forward. You can totally build off of this, the promos and everything. It's just there's so much to go, and this is going to be something we're going to look back at that image, him on top of the cage with the with the mask holding his hands up. In 20 years, we'll look back at this and go, can you believe how far he's come? Nerd Guru um, mentioned the the difference between more games, and he does say, obviously, safety, but we did see the concrete stairs. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I, I do agree with that. Um, Thomas Garner says, Blood and Guts would have been a lot better without commercials, and they focused on MJF and Jericho too much at the end instead of all the action. They are the stars of this, so I understand it. But there should have been some cuts inside. I think that that should have uh, should have happened a little bit. Because more. again, it was at the end of another picture in picture. So suddenly, it's just we're back from commercial, and it's all Jericho MJF. Like the other guys just stopped fighting or something. JJ Lee asked if the surrender was unclear to anyone else at first. It was clear to me. I saw it. I thought they got that pretty well on camera. So that's kind of the problem with submission or surrender, though. You're never really sure. Oh, they gave up. Okay, it's over. Yeah. yeah yes. Like Sammy was calling for a fair catch. Yes. Uh, Ricardo Holt says that MJF doing it anyway is savage. That's the idea. He's yeah. a piece of shit. There yeah. are no redeemable qualities. And let me tell you, one day when there's a bigger piece of shit, and the baby faces have to enlist MJF to help them, yeah. that will be a really, really good story. They're like, who is the only person we know that can out-motherfucker this guy? <laughs> I can't wait for that. We're going to see that one day, uh, and I'm very excited. Trends Day, Sean says, I think the finish fell flat for me because of how they told the story. No building tension, weird pacing after Jericho came in. He did the job just as now well as it could have. Maybe someone got hurt. No, it happened the way it was supposed to, from what I understand. But I do understand that finish wasn't for everybody. Completely understand that. Mm -hmm. Ken says, the commercials didn't kill this match for me like it did for others. They should have had less, but any match is made better with less commercials. Uh, that's true, but I'm, I'm going to seek out the Fight TV version of this as well. Andrew says, absolutely love Blood and Guts. The finish was great. MJF is one of the best heels we've seen in years. If this isn't a true display of the subjective nature of yeah. wrestling especially good wrestling i think that's that's a perfect example jj does bring up a good point the roof not stopping escape annoyed me yes yeah it, the the roof was there more as a prop today than anything and i don't know if that's a great thing to establish in your first blood and guts match unless the second time that they do it it's straight up saying hey 
we are making sure nobody gets out this time. We screwed up. Kenny built the cage. Uh, <laughs> Impact paid for it. Stuff like that. I think they got to establish that next time. But Alex, Kenny, or Avery says, is Kenny capable of being that POS? I don't think he is. No, it's not that not that kind of POS. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be the right type of guy. But like, but the thing the thing about MJF that just is so great is I feel like he he might be this generation's Ric Flair in that you're always going to expect him to be a motherfucker. Yes, all, even when he's a babyface, even when you, like Flair had that run where he was like he had that that match with Vader. Where it was like him in the limo being talked to by like Mean Gene, like are you sure you want to have this match because you're going to be killed by Vader? It's like I got to do it for my family. <laughs> like even when you were do when you were doing that, Ric Flair, you knew in like two months he's going to turn on Sting. He's going to be the old motherfucker yes. Ric Flair. That's who MJF is to me. Like he's going to have babyface runs, but we're always going to be counting down the minutes until he turns and become an asshole again. Like now, I, Kenny, I go ahead. God, sorry, God, Kenny can't be that piece of shit because Kenny. He doesn't even come across that way now. He comes across like he's trying to act like that and he's just a nerd. Like, and then nothing wrong with that. That's completely fine. It's just, I don't think he's meant to come across as a genuinely dislikable person. So this is the one that I think of usually. And lots of people bringing it up. Evan Wright. Yeah. Ken Shiro. Mike Preventure. I'll say Jay White can be that POS. I tend to think it should be somebody tied to Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes having to ask for that help. Yeah, that'd be good. That's some good yeah. stuff. And MJF, in my own interview with him, said, you know what? I regret how things went down with Cody Rhodes. <laughs> MJF is a very smart performer. He does not say shit like that for no reason. Yeah. So, yes. And Greg Carter says... That POS is healed, power-hungry coat. That's not a bad idea. That's true, too. Oh, man. Yeah. And Samoa Joe can out-POS MJF with dwarf <laughs> MJF. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, there's some meat on the bone there, buddy, and I'm ready to just sink my teeth in. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for the promos we get. And if we don't get them, I'm going to be so pissed <laughs> off. So, so All Oh, just promos about... You were I, that little bitch that I pushed in the hallway. I remember you. <laughs> I never forget a stupid fucking face like that. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, God, I can't wait. So excited already. Raul says, Sammy gave up the advantage. Sammy surrendered. Seeds have been planted for Jericho versus Sammy 2022. Hope you guys see this. One of my Nikita Krylov fan, he, he's a very casual fan. And he was like, man, Sammy's, Sammy can be a huge baby face. I'm like, yeah, I thought tonight was going to be the night that made him like that. I thought he would be the one thrown off. Yeah. Wasn't the case. Uh, we have Evan Wright saying, next week's show with Darby versus Miro, Mox Nagata, Bucks SCU, OC versus Pac. How do these crazy cards, how do they do these crazy cards to make them feel special? Uh, and uh, that we got another super chat from somebody, uh, Mike, saying, how stacked is next week's show? Robert, it snuck up on me. I didn't even realize until it was put in front of me. Three title matches, uh, number one contenders match, and an announcement for a pay-per-view. This is what happens when you have characters that you can actually invest in and spend time investing in. Because, yeah, you'll get rid of SCU next week, and then you've got Mox and Kingston at the pay-per-view. You have characters that are worth watching. 
Corazon King, I won't if they do MJF and Samoa Joe. I will not need Blue Chew on that night. Nikolai says, thing as I saw from this, Jericho and the Inner Circle are a true family, and Jericho means more than the win. MJF abandoned his team and saved his hide, escaping to the top. I mean, I don't see that last part at all. I see, like, he baited Jericho to come up there. Because if he if I get the advantage, then I can then I can toss him off the top and I can use that. I feel like MJF's is smarter than he is more of a chicken shit. It, to yes, me. but I think I think that that's the only distinction. He's had those chicken shit elements, Robert, but he's always come across as like he's he's a he's a genius. He's acting like a chicken shit to yes. gain an advantage by making you think he is one. That's what it feels like to me when he does that. He's genuinely cerebral. He's very much like. Triple H in that way that he's a genuine shit bag and you know that he's the best in the business. So it makes you more angry. I'm beginning to think Sammy Guevara has the heart in the inner circle and that's going to cost him the inner circle. Cause you got Jericho, who's a pain maker. You got Santana and Ortiz who are legitimate badasses and Hager, who's a legitimate badass. They're going to start to look at him and say, no, you need to stop letting your feelings get in the way because you're costing us here. That's one way you can go with it. couple more Super Chats, guys. Uh, please leave a thumbs up on this video. I can't tell you how much that helps us and if you share. But uh, FightfulSelect.com, I'm going to break some more news there. Every day, every day. Uh, we have Michael Bunge saying, My wife was hyperventilating from laughing so much at Alex's acting during the Blue Chew read. Hashtag the Oscar goes to. Uh, I have seen more... Alex reactions to Blue Chew reads than I have movies that were nominated for Oscars <laughs> this year. The only thing that I saw that was nominated for an Oscar was a 10-minute short. That was it, and it was very good. Uh, very sad, actually. But <laughs> we uh, have a couple more Super Chats. Ryan Martins says, they should have gone with the long shot of when Jericho got thrown off the cage. I feel like it would have looked 10 times better if they hadn't zoomed it. Yes, do the wide shot. And if you have it, replay the close shot. Yeah. I think there's another way you could have done this too that would have been really interesting is if as they were going off the air, MJF ran up and shoved him off the cage anyway. And we like, oh, what, what, what happened? And then we could, if you could sh- pick whatever angles you want to show and replay later, like it could have been, there's a lot of different things they could have done besides what they did because it did give the game away. Like that was a, that was a giant marshmallow he landed on covered by cardboard. It didn't work because of that. Everything else I thought did work. It's uh, one this- of those WWE things. It's Shawn Michaels, the one foot thing. They would have never showed the close-up shot if they didn't actually get Michaels right. with the one foot. And that's just something AEW will learn over time. This isn't a super chat, but I do want to address this. Dean kicked in, says, only an AEW can get everything pretty much right, and people are completely disappointed. I'm not disappointed. I enjoyed it, but AEW is held to a higher standard. And if you say, well, that's unfair, yeah, it is unfair. But that's the nature of pro wrestling right now. AEW has put themselves at a higher standard. That's a good thing. So I do kind of expect everything to be perfect on AEW. Meanwhile, on Raw, I just want them to give a fuck. Yeah. I just want them to care. Meanwhile, on AEW, my expectations going into a Wednesday are a lot higher than a Monday. It's a it's a good thing to be held to that higher standard. Uh, yeah. And I'm rooting for AEW. 
like seriously. I want I want them I want them to be almost perfect. I want I want it to be a thing that we're like you you can't you can't I want anybody to say anything bad about them because I want them to be boosted to a level where everyone is looking at them because I think they are special. I don't want them to have these little mistakes. I want them to fix them so that 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 we can look back in a year from now and go can you imagine anything bad like bad like that happening anymore? It's just it's that's what I I want it to be better. Because if they even approach Raw's numbers, right, we are going to see. We right. should see a fire lit under somebody's ass. Please, yes, you are begging you, begging you. I hear about those creative meetings every Monday about Vince strolling in two hours late and changing everything. Now, granted, some of the stuff that, that was changed after WrestleMania. Thank God, because otherwise we were going to have Orton taking time off. We were going to get more Riddle, Sheamus. We were going to get Braun in a solo program for the title. Like th- some of those changes are good, but even with those changes, it's like it's missable. Tay Boogie yeah. says, "Tired of the Dean Ambrose slander. He, slander. He was my favorite member of the Shield. I loved him in the Shield. I just didn't like him much at all ever after that. And I've loved him in uh, AEW." Jose Flores says Jr. was really selling how hard in AEW winners face winners and matches with stakes. I love it. I keep saying it's not rocket science or it's not rocket science. It goes from the top down. The more people matter, the more things matter, the more people want to watch, the more money you make. That's it. And JR is the best gauge for this because he'll wake up when there's stakes and when it matters and he'll let you know when it's kind of just like, oh, whatever. They're doing another flip. Oh, guys, thank you all so much. Drew Nicholas has a super chat and says, I originally thought Sammy would be throwing out evolution style. Jericho is Triple H. Hager is Batista. Jericho does the thumb down and Hager drops him. Sammy would work perfectly in that role. Um, I think I think it's all fresh approach. I don't think they want to retread anything unless it's oh, like sure. 30 years ago. Sure. I'm not saying like it should be that, that exact same thing, but... Sammy being the one to 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 turn babyface out of this whole thing because to me still the inner circle aren't babyfaces they're they're scumbags that a lot of people root for but they're still scumbags I think Sammy has that a potential to be a guy that you really really root root for Dante V says people complaining about the crash pads is ridiculous I love Darby but taking bumps like he does almost guarantees he might not still be wrestling at Jericho's age so I I don't disagree with some of that. But I remember six fellas by the name of Edge, Christian, Jeff Hardy, Devon Dudley, and Bubba Ray Dudley, who were all told that. And had Devon Dudley not had a stroke, all six of them would be at least semi-active right now. Now, granted, a couple of them had to take a decade off in between. <laughs> but, I mean, right. Jeff and Matt were, were known as the biggest culprits of that, and they ain't stopped. I'm I, I I agree I agree about the Darby thing. I, I I worry for him every time he does stuff that he does. Yes, I worry for him. And there is a middle ground between getting thrown down an actual flight of concrete stairs and landing on a marshmallow covered with cardboard. There's a middle ground there where you can be safe. You can land on something that's not going to hurt that bad, but won't look like you're you're settling into a fluffy cloud to have a nap. Like that, there's got to be a middle ground between those two things. I think that it's perfectly fine to be safe. You just got to make it look real while doing that. Absolutely. And if not, listen, Darby's going to be in one of these matches and he's going to take 
an actual <laughs> toss off the cage, and then yeah. we won't have to worry about this because we'll be talking about an actual it's, toss off the cage. It's so, it's so true. It's so true. Sean Gray says, it's good in a way we have these standards. It means in reality, AEW is doing something right when it goes wrong. Was TNA held up this way? At, at, for me, it was. Uh, when we're talking Joe Styles, Daniels era, oh yeah, I held it up to this. And I, I remember when Kevin Nash got involved in the X Division and I was like, oh, I, I don't like this at all. Well, it took about two weeks for me to change my tune on that because that was some of the most entertaining TV Ever. I definitely held it uh, up to a higher standard, but also AEW started at a higher standard. When TNA started, it wasn't good. It was real bad. Within a couple of years, they were doing Eric Watts in a top program as the commissioner with Don Callis on the other end. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good stuff. They had to re-earn that. Like, so, so they had lowered their own expectations. AEW started off with really high ones. Ruben Blanco brings up a good point. I don't know if you all talked about it, but I love technique with Taz. I do too. It's one of my favorite things on the show. Um, It's a great way to get a finisher over. Nikita Krylov fan actually messaged me about that. He was like, are these normal? I mean, he loved it. I was like, yeah, it is normal. It's it's fairly normal. It's good. They really need to establish that even more. I really love that. Avery Dunn said, Mox is the best baby face in the business. Can you name anyone even close right now? Yeah, Adam Hangman Page. I think Adam Hangman Page is a great baby face. Different kind, though. Yes. Uh, Carlos V. Mortimer Plumtree and the Johnsons. Mortimer Plumtree had a great voice. Such a, such a great voice. And Shanika says, heel MJF throwing in the towel on Cody to screw him with Jericho. Face Sammy surrendering blood and guts to save Jericho from MJF. Love it. It comes full circle. It comes full circle, and I like that. There's history they can play off of. There are nods they can give. Tay Boogie says, I love wrestling on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And Ethan Manu says, it's like horror movies. Show the setup, then show the aftermath. Make people fill in the blanks. Unless Unless it looks so good when you immediately watch it back that you're like, oh, God. Okay, we gotta show them that. Like, if it's Bubba Ray Dudley pushing Matt Hardy through a bunch of tables or something. Yeah, do that. Show show that. But I otherwise I agree. Uh, Alex, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on the Twitter at Alex Sourgraps, and you can uh, find me on on Tuesday nights right here on the Fightful Select on the Fightful YouTube, uh, talking about um, uh, NXT. As I said last night, NXT is back, baby. That's our that's our that's our war cry on Tuesdays because it looks it's so so it's such a great place. So many good things happen, and then uh, you can listen to me either getting really really angry or really really depressed about Raw uh, and 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 most of SmackDown on on Tuesday nights late and on uh, Saturday nights not so late. Robert. What you got going on? You can find me on Twitter at Dude Felice. You can find me every day on Fightful.com. Helping break news, helping cover shows. It's all good. Just follow me around everywhere and see what I got going on. And thank you. Guys, I have so many interviews that dropped over the last week. I got Mike Bennett talking about a whole lot of great stuff. Sammy Guevara ahead of this match. And uh, that that interview is not an exploding interview, so to speak. It's got a lot of uh, still relevant things. 
I got Jeff Jarrett dropping Thursday. I know you guys have probably seen 432 Jeff Jarrett interviews this week, but you know what? I asked him about stuff other people probably weren't. I asked him about Monty Brown. I asked him about Randy Savage and TNA. Asked him about a 1994 Madison Square Garden Royal Rumble that most people probably haven't seen. Check out Alex's NXT review from last night. We also had the list in your boy today where I talked about that big news that we broke. Daniel Bryan's contract has expired. I know this show went super long tonight, but it's a very special show. Thank you guys so much. The most viewers we've had since Sting's debut on a Wednesday night. The most viewers we've had on a regular just post-AEW show. Until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.